0: You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer.
1: Yes, indeed. Hour number two underway. Seven minutes past 10 o'clock. Thank you for being with us on Always Right. It is a Thursday, the 13th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And if you are just tuning in for the first time this year, where have you been? We're two weeks in already. But uh, the new branding means exactly what it sounds like. Always right as in never left and always right as in never wrong. The arguments that we make on this program are rooted in fact, are sourced and cited and are in no way, shape or form going to be ever... Legally branded as misinformation by the American left. Always right on AM 1420, The Answer. I'll be always right this afternoon, two for three hours, when I'm in for Dennis Prager from noon until three. And uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, very important issues to talk about on that program as well. None are as important as the conversation I'm going to have right now, or at least not, none are more important than the one I'm going to have right now, with Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper, of course, you know as a best-selling author. You know him as a Washington Times Weekly columnist. You know him as a radio podcast host in Oklahoma, because I tell you about it. Hopefully you listen to it, too. And uh, you know him as a former university president. Most importantly, he's our Thursday standard regular guest on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, good morning. How are you?
2: Good morning, Bob. I love the new branding, and I love the, the new Reagan quote. Good for you.
1: Yeah, we're bouncing around. We're picking some quotes from the great communicator from uh, from his 1981 inaugural address that we started with. I think that one you just heard uh, was from the 1964 uh, uh, address he made in support uh, of uh, Goldwater. I think there are a couple of others that we're toying around with, too. But I think the more we can hear from uh, the great President Reagan, uh, the better for everybody. So that's what we're trying to do.
2: Okay, Dr. Well, Piper. Prophetic. Prophetic. He was spot on, obviously.
1: He was, yeah, 100%. Um, so I've been teasing this a little bit, even at the top of the show an hour ago. I said, you're going to want to be here for the uh, Dr. Piper conversation today. Because you're going to hear something that you maybe thought you would never hear. Would never hear. Um, I don't know that I th- could have predicted. Even in this wildly progressive movement that's going on right now, Um, the radical uh, turn away from all things moral and ethical, if not religious. Uh, There are people who are moral and ethical who don't necessarily believe in an organized religion. But even in this weird, strange, radical turn, I never thought that I would see a major American media outlet try to normalize and defend something as reprehensible as pedophilia. And yet that is exactly what USA Today has done. They have decided it's time, just as we normalize a lot of other very questionable moral and ethical things in our society and in our culture, they decided it's time now to defend pedophiles, saying pedophiles aren't quite as bad as child molesters. Not every pedophile is a child molester, and not every child molester is even a pedophile. Pedophiles are maybe just misunderstood. I, my mind was blown. In fact, there were people on both sides of the political spectrum who pushed back on this so quickly that USA Today had to actually take down the tweet and the uh, tweet uh, storm that they, that they used to make their argument here. And I know you have a lot of very deep thoughts on this, so why don't you take it from there?
2: Well, I sent you, and I, obviously I give you permission. I, I don't have to give you permission, but I sent you a screenshot of the series of seven tweets that USA put out. So even though they've tried to take this down from the public eye, I'm not the only one who took a screenshot of this and has saved it, and therefore it can be used in this commentary and any commentary to follow. So essentially what USA Today did is they put out this thread of tweets, it included seven, where they said things like, well, pedophiles aren't as bad as, we've, as we have in society have assumed they are. Because there are a lot of pedophiles out there that have this, sexual inclination the sexual desire to use children for sexual gratification but that doesn't make them bad people because they can be trained they can be counseled they can receive therapy to not act upon that biological and this is the claim they're making that biological inclination that biological sexual identity so usa today is making a very um a, 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 a very clear pronouncement, one that is quite common in our culture right now, and that is your sexual inclination, your sexual passions, your gut, your belly, your libido is defined it by your biology, genetically so, and you can do nothing about it, and that's who you are. But interesting, isn't it, that they then turn and start advocating for therapy? Well, it's the same folks that just yesterday, five minutes ago, were telling us that conversion therapy should be illegal, right? Because no one should have to undergo therapy or conversion therapy that converts them from one mode of behavior to another mode of behavior if their sexual desires, their gut, their libido leads them to that given behavior because they have the right. They have the right to be who they were born to be. They were born that way, right? Isn't this the argument we've heard a thousand times over by the LGBTQIA plus Rainbow Coalition, I'm telling you, Bob, that this is what this was pre- as predictable as the sunrise. In fact, you say you didn't predict it. Well, I did. I predicted it back before Obergefell, and I said if our culture s- starts legally sanctioning human identity as nothing but the sum total of human inclinations, then This is a Pandora's box that will never end, because if you can justify LGBTQIA behavior on the basis of your inclinations, because that's who you legally are, then why can't you justify every inclination as being the sum total of your identity? Get legal minority status therein, and then all hell breaks loose, because Pandora's box has been released upon culture And any sexual desire or appetite now becomes your legal minority status, and no one has the right to tell you not to do it. And before anyone says, yeah, but these are children and they're not consensual, well, all you have to do if you're a leftist to change that equation is dumb down the age of consent from 16 to 14 to 12 or whatever number you choose to be the age of consent. And if a 5-year-old, a 6-year-old, or a 10-year-old can consent to gender transition and gender change then why can't they consent to sexual activity this is a hellish existence for our children and we've unleashed it on ourselves because of the lunacy of defining ourselves by our libido
1: among the many great points that you just made the one that that really jumps out to me is the um the argument about conversion because you and i had this conversation just a few weeks ago uh... as we talked about the you know the massive pushback against suggestions that people who are born a certain way should ever be psychologically or morally or in some other way guided to change who they are that conversion therapy is 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 you know antithetical to human wellness um... You know and now there 's this is of course when we 're talking about people who think they're one sex and they're another, people who are attracted to you know vile debased things, um, you know whether it be same sex or whether it be you know uh, uh, you know bestiality type of things I mean there are a number of things where people can say look that 's just what i 'm attracted to and if you suggest that they get converted out of that through therapy you 're branded as a bigot for not not agreeing that they're uh, existence is is okay because it's what they believe in and it's what they they like. And now here it comes with pedophiles, and it's like, well, they're not really bad people. Uh, they just have an attraction, and and what they should be is 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 converted. They should they should have therapy given to convert them away from their attraction, so that they don't act on their attraction to children. That part of what you just said, Doctor Piper, jumps out to me as the most
2: hypocritical. I think you're right, and I'll read the direct quote from the USA Today a tweet or a Twitter feed. threat, I should say, Um, Salter, who is one of the psychologists being cited here, said treatment for pedophiles should be encouraged, but without minimizing the impact and abuse that pedophiles have on their victims. And then he says, pedophiles may not have control over the fact that they are attracted to kids, but they are responsible for whether they do or don't act on it. Well, why is that good? when you're referring to pedophiles, but the same exact sentences would be labeled bigotry and would be labeled homophobic if they were, or, or transphobic, if the same sentence were expressed toward another group of people that is behaving outside what is healthy for society, for marriage, for church, and for culture. And I, I will defend that. We know that The LGBTQIA behavior leads to a disproportionate number of sexually transmitted diseases. That is a fact. Nobody can dispute that otherwise. It's just a pure and simple fact. We know that this logic, ideas always have consequences, this logic of granting people legal status because of their inclinations will never end. You mentioned bestiality. Nobody wants to talk about that. But why can't you be labeled a minority if you desire to have sex with a different species? Why wouldn't you get the same minority status that other people get? In fact, Bob, there are those arguing in our culture right now that that should be the case. And the only thing that they have to defend themselves against the logic of your argument or mine is consent. Well, all you have to do, I'm going to repeat myself, to change that equation is dumb down the definition of consent. All you have to do is move it from 16 downward. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself made that argument.
1: That is such an important point. Do you think that they pulled it, Doctor Piper, just because of you know financial reason, reasons, meaning uh, they're taking a beating over this publicly, or uh, is there another reason that do they change their viewpoint, or do they just try to bury their viewpoint now that they see how unpopular it is and it might impact advertising revenue?
2: Oh, it's not over. Here's my here's my prediction. Okay. And the left does this all the time. You throw a crazy idea out there. And you get people to start arguing about it, debating it, and it softens culture to the idea. They threw this out there knowing that they would get outraged. They knew what the reaction would be. They threw it out there to soften the debate, to soften culture, to open up the dialogue, the conversation, the narrative, if you will. They pulled it back because they got a lot of negative. They knew they would, but they'll throw that bait back out into the pond again in short order to further further erode the conservative common sense values of natural law and human identity
1: dr everett piper is our guest on am 1420 the answer i told you you were going to want to hear this conversation and hear the details of what usa today is doing and what kind of promo you know what i really wonder and there'll never be a measurement for this dr piper unless somebody can can do a study and and count the number of reported cases of pedophilia before and after this mainstream support of or defense of. I, I, I just wonder how many children are going to be put at risk and at liberty now, or uh, excuse me, at, at risk and in danger now because of, of what USA Today has done here.
2: Oh, they don't care. They don't care about the risk to children. The proof of that is the way they've handled, handled COVID, and, the, and the, the optimal proof of that is to look at the transgender debate right now and how the left is arguing that minors, minors, 5, 8, 10, 12 years of age, have the right to undergo transition therapy and even surgery without parental consent. And I'm telling you, because they've made that argument on trans identity and the transition of genders, they're going to use the same logic to dumb down the definition of sexual consent when it comes to behavior and actions between adults and minors.
1: All right, Dr. Piper, uh, very informative, very interesting, and very important conversation. We're going to take a time out here and come back because we've got a couple more to go. AM 1420, The Answer.
0: Whatever tomorrow brings, we've got a better chance of survival if we work together. Together, on Always Right, we stay together, we survive. With Bob France
1: on AM four twenty, the answer. Ten twenty two. Now we continue. About eight good minutes left with Doctor Everett Piper on this uh, Thursday edition of Always Right. All right, we the people have become the people of the lie. Our nation is now awash in a sea of deception so vast and of so many lies that it's hard to count them all. Those are the words of Dr. Everett Piper in his latest column, which ran this past Sunday in the Washington Times. Make sure that you read him every Sunday at the Washington Times website if you can. Okay, Dr. Piper, let's talk about the lie, becoming people of the lie, at least according to the political left. Tell us more.
2: I based my article this week off of M. Scott Peck. Now, he was a very prominent author back in the 80s and 90s. M. Scott Peck was a psychologist. I don't think he shared my faith or yours, but he did have some common sense. And one of the things that he wrote about was deception about lying and how it's obvious when you lie to yourself long enough, you start believing your own lies because you start disputing the very evidence of sin that you see in the mirror. In other words, if you continue to lie long enough, You don't even recognize it as being a lie any longer because you believe your own fabrication. That's M. Scott Peck. So I play off of that idea, and I use that to critique American culture. And the quote that you just mentioned is a summary of my article. We, the people, have become the people of a lie. And I go through and I cite case after case after case after case to prove my point. Proponents of critical race theory say they're fighting racism while they want what? Their own racism. They're lying. They're not anti-racist. They're blatantly racist because they label an entire group of people because of the way they look. They're doing the exact opposite of what MLK told us to do and what Scripture tells us to do. We've got the pedagogues of social emotional learning, and that's the thing that all of you should be watching out for in your schools right now. These pedagogues, these ideologues, these elites, that are running our schools are hiding critical race theory and their garbage under the banner of social-emotional learning now. They're claiming that they're just educating your children in emotional maturity while they're teaching them to be self-absorbed, self-obsessed, and self-indulgent narcissists. I go on and on, as you know. I cite the champions of LGBTQIA that are lecturing, lecturing the world about sexual choice, but then they condemn those of us who stand against their amorality because we want to encourage people to make better choices. The list goes on and on and on. Trans advocates, they literally blackface women by dressing in cartoonish drag and exaggerated makeup while they're shamelessly claiming to be pro-women. So, Bob, I'm making the claim that whether it's BLM, physical race theory, social-emotional learning, the agenda of the left is predicated on lying to everyone else and to yourself, to such an extent that these lies are not even recognized any longer. You don't even see it for what it is, because you can't recognize the deception of that thing that's staring back at you in your own mirror.
1: Dr. Prepper, I want to follow up on that, but I I also want to do this in the last four minutes that we have, because you mentioned to me, as we talked about today's show, as we always do before we come on together, uh, about a conversation that you had um, with a woke religious figure. Uh somebody who completely denied, and I'll let you tell the story better than this of course, but completely denied uh your your viewpoint on critical race theory. You talk about it from a biblical perspective and how it is simply not something that you can find in the Bible. It's the antithesis of the gospel. And this particular woke religious reporter uh didn't like what you had to say. Can you tell us more about that conversation?
2: Sure. I know I've got limited time, so maybe we can follow up if if you feel it's warranted in a later show. So I got a call uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, from a reporter from the Religious News Service. Now, if you follow your news, you see that the Religious News Service is cited frequently from the, by the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Federalists, the Atlantic, Cite the these reporters from the Religious News Service. Well, I got a phone call from one. It was Reporter Bob. I'm not using your name inappropriately here. This was the guy's first name. I can't remember his last name right now, or I'd give you that. So he wanted to talk to me about the woke church. Okay, I said, fine, we'll get, I'll give you an interview. Well, it quickly turned within seconds to critical race theory. So rather than talking about the broad, big umbrella of wokeness, now we're talking about the specific of CRT. And he wanted to know why I had difficulty with that. I said, because it's unbiblical. I referred to the Apostle Paul, St. Paul's admonition that you are neither Jew nor Greek, you are neither barbarian or Scythian, you are not male or female, but you're one in the body of Christ. And I said to him, what part of that um, admonition on the part of St. Paul, which says, stop dividing people by uh, distinctions, male, female, Jew or Greek, barbarian or Scythian, what part of that Admonition on the part of Saint Paul that says, "Don't do it." Would in any way, um, would in any way bless or sanction critical race theory? There was silence. I then went on and said, "The Apostle Paul also says that the hand cannot say to the foot or the eye that I have no need of you. That it would be ridiculous for one part of the body to covet." some other part of the body, that the hand says, well, I want more toes, or the foot says, I want more fingers. No, (laughs) the body functions as a healthy organism because of the distinctions. And I said, the 10th commandment says, thou shalt not covet. And critical race theory, by definition, teaches people to violate that commandment and to covet, to envy, to want something that someone else has. I said, sir, what part of this is confusing? And his response was, Yeah, but, yeah, but, what about the Old Testament passages, the prophets that condemn injustice? And I said, yeah, we're supposed to stand against injustice, but Mm -hmm. justice is defined by the Bible, not by society. It's not social justice, it's biblical justice, and the way to fight it is to do what the Apostle Paul just said, and that is stop dividing people, don't teach individuals to do the exact opposite. Stop stop dishonoring Martin Luther King Jr. and start honoring his words where he said, judge people by their character, not by their color. Stop categorizing people because of the way they look. This guy wouldn't accept this. 20 minutes later, he's still arguing with me because he wants to take me down a rabbit trail of somehow admitting that CRT is the solution, when CRT is nothing but the encouragement of envy, of strife, of division, of conflict, of coveting something that you don't have. And the Church should never be teaching that. We should teach confession, repentance, and forgiveness, not vengeance.
1: Well, I'm glad you gave us that great example of what, the, generally speaking, the left always uses as an argument to refute very valid points made by someone like yourself. Yeah, but. Uh, and, and that's that's literally all that they have. When they don't have points, they just try to refute you for the sake of refutation, and they try to tell you, you are supporting injustice. There is nothing just about a theory being pushed upon the people that say you are a, a, a an evil, oppressive person simply because you were born with the color that you have and there is nothing just about telling somebody you are always going to be victimized and viewed as less than simply because you were born as a color uh, th- that you were um, there is nothing just about that that is the height of injustice in fact, labeling people in such ways uh, for things that are beyond their control Dr. Amen. Piper great stuff all the time Dr. Piper, thank you so much for that we'll talk to you again next week That's Dr. Everett Piper. It's 1031. Going to take a short break here for news, and we're going to get back to talk to J.D. Vance. It's not really necessarily a campaign conversation about his campaign for the Senate, but it's about an op-ed that he co-wrote for the Columbus Dispatch, I believe it was, or at least that's where I read it. Maybe it was in other places, too. Calling for Google to be treated as a common carrier. What does that mean? Well, I described it for you in the open of the show. I'll let J.D. Vance describe it coming up next on AM 1420 The Answer.
0: always left. Tune your radio to the right and find a voice of reason amid the liberal chaos. Always right with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer.
1: Always right this morning, going to be always right this afternoon as well. Always right, as in never left and as in never wrong. Uh, coming up at noon today, I'll be sitting in for Dennis Prager for three hours on roughly 400 stations nationwide, and I'm going to have a, v- a lot of very important issues that we're going to discuss there as well. So uh, if you can't get in to join me during this next half hour, and you probably can not because I'm going to be talking to J.D. Vance, you can catch me and uh, dial up the Dennis Prager Show today at noon until 3. You'll hear it live, by the way, on WHK from, two, or from uh, 1 until 3, because we have the Charlie Kirk Hour. But if you listen to the Salem News application, you can listen to all three hours, or to com. All right. Um, Google, YouTube, virtually all of the Silicon Valley behemoth companies and platforms have made it their mission to silence dissent, to suppress the voices of of conservatives who challenge the orthodoxy of the American left. This is what they have been doing. Not much has been able to be done to um, stop uh, the censorship practices of Facebook and Twitter, But there is a new movement now to at least rein in Google and YouTube, its subsidiary. And that movement is being pushed by our next guest, J.D. Vance, of course, is a candidate for Senate here in the state of Ohio. He co-wrote this op-ed with Ohio Representative D.J. Swearingen, and he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, J.D., good to have you back on the program. How are you?
2: I'm good, Paul. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, sir. It's uh, good to have you. You know, it's interesting... As we talk about the merits of your argument about uh, establishing and regulating Google as a common carrier, that this is one of your first targets, because one of the biggest criticisms you faced, as you know, because you've answered it in countless numbers of interviews, about your own background is your close ties to Silicon Valley, your close ties to Peter Thiel, to Facebook, and so on and so forth. So is it coincidence that you're going after Silicon Valley here and uh, one of the giant companies in the industry, which, of course, is Google?
2: Well, not coincidence. I mean, certainly I have, I think, more direct exposure to the industry than most, and I realize how pernicious it's become and how it's become you know, really one of the main drivers of why conservatives cannot get a fair shake in this country. Uh, I, I'd like to just highlight something, Bob, that you know, just illustrate how crazy this propaganda machine is. And I just did this right before I hopped on the phone with you, so it was still true five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Google, type type into Google, or your 12-year-old kid, let's say, and you type into Google, can men become pregnant? The very first and top result is, yes, men can become pregnant. In fact, it happens more often than you think. Uh, these people are not just political activists. They're not just silent and conservatives. They are actively propagating a really radical worldview onto our children. And you realize that they're the main way that people access the Internet. Google is the first sort of entry point to the Internet. You realize how big of a problem they are, which is why I think we have to fight back.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly could not agree more with that. Um, it, it, to the point that you just made, by the way, uh, and I don't want to get into the weeds here because I want to talk about Google and common carriers, but isn't that the party of science that runs Google? Isn't that the party of science? <laughs> and, and that's the first result you get is, yeah, and it happens all the time. I mean, for God's sake, they, they won't recognize chromosomal science. They won't, they, they're going to tell you that people born without a uterus can somehow carry a child in that non-uterus? Because when you say a man got pregnant, that's what you're saying.
2: Well, you know, up is down, and the sky is red, and <laughs> we're learning, Bob, that science is not about truth, and it's not about free inquiry. It's about power, and they are using scientific facts, and I use fact in scare quotes, uh, to try to bully us and to try to teach a view of reality that is just not true to our kids. You know, of course, this is all about gender ideology, right? It's about normalizing what 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 ten years ago was crazy to ninety nine percent of Americans, and thank God it's still crazy to hopefully three quarters of Americans. Uh, but this is how you take something that is fringe, radical ideology, and turn it into conventional wisdom in our society. And there's there's maybe no more evil purveyor of that. Attitude and that, and that approach than, than Google, uh, and the rest of their Silicon Valley pal.
1: I'm going to disagree slightly with you. I don't think it dropped from 99% to hopefully three quarters. I think it's still 99%. I think even the nuts know that scientifically and biologically we are right. This isn't something that can be questioned, but they'll say the other thing, even though they don't believe it, they'll say it because it helps their argument. It helps their identity politics. Uh, it helps their, uh, you know, their ideolo- their place on the ide- ideological spectrum to say people can be whatever they want to be. Uh, but deep down they, their belief is that science is science. Um, I, I just think that they are saying something different to make themselves feel better and to virtue signal, which is what the left is obviously very, very good at. Okay, uh, having said all of that, let's talk about this this uh, uh, article now. Tell people what a common carrier is.
2: Yeah, you know, this goes back to the very foundation of, of American law, even you know, sort of English English law before uh, before we broke off uh, from from the monarchy is that basically if you are the controller of a private service, uh, that, that, that really there's no alternative, you, know, you can't discriminate against people. So so the way that I illustrate this is if you own a railroad that runs through you know, your part of our Ohio or my part in southwestern Ohio or you, you own a private highway in the state of Ohio, you can't say you're not allowed to drive on that because you're conservative, because you're black, because you're white, whatever, right? You have to get, you have to be open to everybody. Uh, what Google is basically doing become, I think, is the modern information superhighway. Again, it's the main way that people access the Internet today. And yet they actively discriminate against people based on their political views. And I, I think this is you know, one of these, these, these great examples of where the American Constitution and legal tradition gives us a tool to fight back. It doesn't require some new radical federal bureaucracy. Uh, we actually have the ability to push back using the legal tools that our founding fathers gave us. And you know, credit to Dave Yost for, for actually filing this lawsuit. Uh, You know, we we filed an amicus, uh, basically just a friend of the court lawsuit to try to get another voice to get Google declared a common carrier. Uh, But if this happens, if we're successful, what this will mean is that YouTube cannot kick Marjorie Taylor Greene off of its channel. Uh, Google cannot actively censor its results in a way that makes Hunter Biden look like uh, the world's greatest businessman and Donald Trump, uh, the world's world's worst president. But that's, of course, what they have been doing. And that's what we're trying to stop from happening. Um,
1: it's, it's a, an interesting comparison. Certainly, I think to the telephone company, when you talk about a common carrier, they cannot deny service to somebody who wants to have a telephone line based on their ideological principles or their, or their public arguments about same. Uh, but when we get into travel, trains and airlines and so on and so forth, and, and I guess the same thing would be true there, except, they're kind of doing that now too, aren't they? Aren't they kind of regulating uh these, right? I mean, airlines are saying if you don't buy into the orthodoxy of wearing a mask to stop this virus that goes through masks, uh then you can't travel. So, you know, I mean, we we we're, we're kind of in a, in a in a unique place here. They're starting to violate common carrier laws anyway, and we're talking about adding Google to the list of common carriers so that they can't be people can't be censored.
2: Uh, it's a very good point, and and this is you know one of the problems we do have is that uh, the, the left is always finding ways around traditional American law, and and certainly you know the vaccine mandates I believe are an effort to create a second class of citizens. Um, you know I I really worry, Bob, that we're going to wake up in in a world where unless you've had your ninth booster shot in two years, you're not allowed to buy bread at the grocery store. You're not allowed to go to a ball game. Um, you're not allowed to fly on an airplane. So so yeah, there, there, there's certainly. Uh, winning this particular battle against Google does not mean we're going to win every battle, uh, but I think it gives us a solid foundation to begin to reign in these technology companies. I mean, I, I really, you know, the, the, the Trump thing is—you is, know, Bob was kind of like when they kicked Trump off of Twitter and Facebook was sort of radicalizing for me. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, when they booted her off Twitter, was another similarly radicalizing moment. I, I just, at the end of the day, we don't have a real country if the people's elected representatives can't actually speak to the people on modern forms of communication uh, and, and you know I'm, I'm running to be the next senator for the state of ohio Like, mm-hmm. i do not want to wake up in a world where i can't serve my constituents well i can't communicate with them because the silicon valley oligarch who's in business with china has decided that i don't rate uh, using their services
1: we are talking with uh, jd vance as he just mentioned of course he is one of the candidates for ohio senate in this very crowded republican uh, primary field um, can we talk about the YouTube side of this, the subsidiary? YouTube is owned by the parent company Google. I just mentioned in the intro I'll be hosting the Dennis Prager show today, and Prager University is one of the most popular things on the Internet. In my view, it's the most valuable thing on the Internet. I think it's phenomenal because it educates people uh, at elementary levels without speaking down to them in a condescending manner. but it really makes everything under- understandable from from child to adult. Um and YouTube has censored Prager University more so than the other yep. platforms have. I, I never a single word in a Prager YouTube video have I heard that is profane. That is in some way. Dangerous? That is in some way, uh, I, I'm looking for the argument that they would possibly make other than their belief that their fact checkers are the true arbiters of what is misinformation. Because there is information that challenges the leftist orthodoxy that are contained in a lot of the Prager University videos. But, but JD, this is one of the biggest offenders is YouTube silencing the voices of educational sites or educational, uh, 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 uh platforms like Prager University.
2: Yeah, that's right, and you know this is one of the, the reasons I've worked on this in, in both a private sector and a policy way. I, I'm I'm one of the, the the biggest and first outside investors into this company, Rumble, which I think you know Rand Paul recent, recently migrated onto, and you know it's, it's basically an effort to give not just conservatives but anybody who cares about free speech an opportunity to actually speak on the internet, sort of a, a free speech, pro free speech alternative to YouTube. You know what what what, what YouTube basically has has become is it censors anything that goes against the regime's propaganda. You you mentioned Prager University. Obviously, love Prager University. I watched many videos. Um, But think about COVID, right? Things that were crazy conspiracy theories that were censored on on YouTube a year ago are now just accepted conventional wisdom. You could get censored on YouTube a year ago for suggesting that the coronavirus came from a Wuhan lab. Uh, You could get censored for suggesting that maybe masks weren't effective at, at, at spreading... Or, or limiting the spread of COVID, um, you know, any criticism of the vaccine was was censored. And now we know, of course, that you know, the vaccine appears to continue to reduce deaths and hospitalizations, but doesn't really slow the spread of the virus or prevent the spread of the virus. Uh, you know, again, we're just living in an upside-down, is up down universe where a few people with a lot of power in this country control what we're allowed to say. Uh, it's crazy. And if we don't push back against it, like, we're not going to have a country anymore. Elections, any issue, immigration, tax policy—none of these things matter if we if we can't even make the argument in the first place.
1: Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Um, it's a it's it's a very dangerous time that we are in right now. And uh, since I've got you here, JD, and we're talking. You know you 're a Senate candidate, just just your thoughts on what we have seen in the last two, three, four days uh, on the Senate rules. Uh, I love what Tom Cotton did yesterday. You probably saw it. He did a three and a half minute <laughs> speech, did. and uh, every word of his speech was taken from Chuck Schumer and his long time defense of the legislative filibuster and how incredibly important it is to stop the United States from being a slim majority rules all and turn us into a banana republic. Uh, Joe Biden, too, has uh, made many, many speeches on the floor of the Senate from his time there uh, against blowing up the uh, the filibuster in order to pass uh, unpopular legislation or or slim majority popular legislation. And now here they come wanting to erase uh, the history of the Senate and the traditions over 200 years of said and uh, all for the purpose of <laughs> making it easier to cheat in uh, in elections across the country. What are your thoughts on it?
2: Well, you know, I, I'm a I'm a Bengals guy, uh, which is easy to say right now. But uh, you know, how many times over the past 25 years would I have liked to have changed the rules of the football game in the middle of the game because the Bengals were losing? And, and that's basically what's going on. And it's, it's, you see it with the filibuster rule. You see it with them all. You're talking about packing the Supreme Court. You see it with all the electioneering that they're doing, and they're trying to make legal in all 50 states. But like these guys, when they don't win. They don't go and persuade voters and citizens. They just try to change the rules, right? And and, in some ways, you could, you could make an argument that that even our immigration policy is an effort uh, for them to say, well, we don't like the voters that we have. So we're going to import a new class of voters instead of persuading people we don't like them. And I I just, you know, this is really profoundly dangerous. Um, Our constitutional republic works because of rules. It works because people follow the laws. And on every single issue, these guys seem willing to blow it all up because they lose a short-term fight. My God, try persuading voters instead of changing the rules. Just please, for, for all of our sakes.
1: Are you... Um... As confident as I and many are about the red tsunami this November, if we are allowed to have free and fair elections as set forth by secretaries of state and elections boards uh, across the country, I had a caller earlier today saying he's really uncomfortable with counting our chickens before they hatch. I don't think I'm doing that, to be honest with you. I think that 26 different resignations or retirements from the Congress uh, among Democrats realize and prove to us that they know they're going to get swamped uh, and that the power is about to shift hands and they don't want to be part of being a minority party. Uh, So I don't feel like I'm being overconfident. I feel like we're actually inspiring people to go out there and make this happen. What about you?
2: No, I agree. Uh, Look, I I don't want to count chickens before they hatch either. And we've got to put in the work. But, man, people are pissed. And the country's a disaster. And uh, all, all we is an alternative, you know, I think it was Barry Goldwater who famously said we need to provide a choice, not an echo. Uh, if we actually provide a real alternative to what the Democrats are, are offering, I, I think we're going to crush them. And we should. And, and once we get that power that the Constitution gives us, we have to go do something with it. Um, you know, we, we, we have an opportunity to you know, pump the brakes on what Biden is trying to do. Uh, but what we do have to put in the work. And I don't want to I don't want to get too cocky too early, but I'm pretty excited about what the government's going to look like uh, in a year.
1: Yeah, and and I really don't know why it is either. I mean, because everything is is better under Biden, right? I mean, we have more of everything. We have Think about it. We have higher prices under (laughs) Biden. We have higher numbers of illegal immigrants coming across under Biden. We have higher crime rates under Biden. Uh, We have higher everything under Joe Biden. So I don't know what anybody's complaining about. I don't know why there would be this red wave, unless maybe some of those things are bad things. Yeah. But more COVID, too, right? Higher COVID numbers, that's right. Higher cases, higher deaths, higher hospitalizations, despite higher vaccinations, and and then on and on it, on, it, on it goes. All right, uh, JD Vance, uh, thank you so much. Uh, keep us posted on uh, on uh, results. Have you gotten any negative feedback, by the way, on your Google uh, op-ed? Uh, not not so far. I mean, obviously,
2: you know, Democrats don't like it, um, but no, I, I think I think most middle-of-the-road voters, and certainly most conservatives recognize we have to do something about this
1: company. Well, I hope you can do more than just write the op-ed. I hope you can uh, maybe have some conversations with some legislators uh, who might be able to to move on this now, and of course, at the very least, uh, maybe when Republicans take power in November, whether that is uh, whether you're a part of that or not. And that, of course, is what we'll wait to see in May uh, in that very, very important Republican primary. J.D. Vance is part of it. Thanks for coming on, J.D. Thanks, Bob. All right, 10.55, quick timeout. And we'll come right back to Rapid on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, help
0: helping you understand the Commander uh, in Chief. Uh, in in Libya, we should be opening up the, the the the. Always right with Bob France. I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here, but let me say it this way on AM fourteen twenty. The answer.
1: All right, not much time to do anything here with phone calls or anything like that. We've got less than a minute to go, so I want to say uh, two things. Number one, thank you to our guests. J.D. Vance just finished with us. If you missed that interview, you can listen to it on um, uh, our podcast page. Just look for the Always Right page on whkradio.com or the podcast. And thanks also to Dr. Everett Piper, who joined us at 1010, as he always does. Big event, second thing, big event tonight, <clears throat> the National Town Hall Meeting. Among Citizens for Free Speech members. It's a webinar, uh, and it's going to be a Zoom uh, webinar. It's going to have great presentations on propaganda and how incredibly nefarious the propaganda, propaganda machine that is being pushed by big pharmaceuticals and big government like the Biden administration, how dangerous it is to this country. Free speech, we believe in it propaganda does need to be called out and identified. So join Alex Newman, tremendous presenter. He'll be with us tonight, along with Patrick Wood. Go to citizensforfreespeech.org, become a member, and sign up for tonight's National Town Hall's virtual uh, meeting. You're going to want to be a part of that. Also, don't forget that I'll be back with you uh, coming up from noon to 3 on the Dennis Prager Show. Listen live at DennisPrager.com or at the Salem News Channel. Thanks, everyone. Let's go, Brandon.